1: Buckeye talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in.
0: Welcome so back to Betting the Buckeyes on Buckeye Talk. Doug Maurice, along with the great Tyler Shoemaker, the official bookmaker of Buckeye Talk. We do it every Friday. Of course, you know we preview the game on our other Friday podcast. Nathan, Stephen, and I do that. John Steppy of the Cedar Rapids Gazette joined us to talk about Iowa this week, Iowa this week, and then T Shoe and I come here and talk about the Ohio State game from a gambling perspective. We make our picks for five power conference games, then we get in the weeds, and t gives us some best bets. Tyler, um, this is a weird freaking <laughs> game. The, it's, it's like a 29.5 or 30-point uh, edge that Ohio State is favored by, yet the over-under is only like 49. Right? 49 and a half how odd is it and that you don't have to say like from the algorithm perspective but like isn't it weird to look at this betting line and think how could a team be favored by 30 or nearly 30 but yet the totals not even 50 like they think yeah. the scores gonna be
1: like basically like
0: 40 f- yeah like, like 30, 38,
1: 38 to 10 39 to 10 something like that yeah like so, that's yeah, no what it, it, that, that's weird yeah, no, it it definitely is weird and, and kind of jarring to see like, you know, especially when I have it on my sheet here, you know, in relation to all the other games. It's like you just don't see that very often. So what, what the one one of the things I like to do here, I, mean,
0: I like all of it. I like this pod. It's fun because the money I lose is fake. <laughs> but the <laughs> one of the things I like is like I just like to get inside your ratings a little bit because you've devised this system. Um, and it's, uh, Iowa is a difficult team to get a handle on because like raw statistically, and even some of the more in-depth statistics, they're really high. They'll be top 10 in the country defensively and they're bottom 10 in the country offensively. How do you, how do your ratings figure that out again? Does that make this weird when a team is so lopsided, they're literally playing nine, six and 10, seven kind of games.
1: I don't know. Does it break the computer? Well, especially in contrast to an Ohio State team that lights the scoreboard up, so it's even like, yep. you know, even more emphasized there. Um, but I've got Iowa Power rated overall nineteenth in the country, and again, like you said, that's that's in large part to their defensive rating, which I've got them fourth in opponent-adjusted defense. Uh, Ohio okay. State's tenth, but then you look on the offensive side, Ohio State's number one, and Ohio Ohio State's number one in offensive. Uh, rating by my metrics by five four points uh over tennessee okay. uh and iowa is way down there
0: <laughs> they're yeah.
1: they're outside the top 75 i'm scrolling i still don't even see them so uh okay you know we we know they're bad um your buddy brian ferentz not not doing a great job yeah. We may come to blows on Saturday. I'm not really, not really, just
0: verbal blows. Like if, <laughs> like if I would say, if I saw him and I said, I would say something like this. I would say, I would say like this. I'd say, "Hey Brian, you're not qualified to have your job." And then he'd be like, "Who are you? Get out of my face!" Like just like that, you know, like a thing <laughs> like that. So that happen. That might happen on Saturday. Um, what? So if this line's like twenty nine and a half thirty, does that fit what your numbers are telling you, or are you, or do you have a? Would you have a different line for this game?
1: Yeah, it's, it's pretty high. Um, I mean, I would make it like 23 and a half. Okay. Um, And then as far as the total, I actually have the total at 46. So okay. yeah, I'm, I'm a little lower on the total, but again, my numbers and, and odds makers, cause I mean, Ohio state's gone over, I think in four straight games. So, I mean, the, the metrics are having a hard time catching up with how good the Ohio state offense is. And then when you try to factor in Everyone should be healthy this week. You know that that yep. throws another wrench in it. So even though my number is, you know, technically on the under, I I wouldn't bet an under here. Just on the off chance that you know getting JSN back and and Mayan healthy and and Travy unhealthy, that that's a recipe I, I wouldn't want to want wouldn't want to bet under on that. I, I do
0: not. You don't want to know. Don't listen to the preview show. Don't listen to the preview show <laughs> and what Nathan, Stephen, and I all did. The the total scares. I say, I, I said on that show it just scares me because. I could see a world where like, well, Ohio State has to get it all by itself. And so then you're asking yourself like if Ohio State can score 50. And I think, I actually think Iowa's defense is overrated and they haven't played anybody. And, you know, we ran through all of their opponents, you know, four of their five uh, FBS opponents are 87th or lower in total scoring offense. So it's like, Okay, well I get it, but like Iowa State doesn't score on anybody, Rutgers doesn't score on anybody. Congratulations on stopping them, but they don't score on anybody. Right. Um that that scares me a little bit because I could see like a complete Ohio State domination and it's like 45 to 3. Because the Iowa offense is so bad. Like I I it, it, this is so lopsided the total cuz normally a total, right, is like well maybe one team will score 60% of the points and the other team will score 40% of the points. This total is like, well, maybe one team will score 90% of the points and the other team will score <laughs> 10% of the points. And I believe in the 10% less than the 90%. And I feel like Ohio State could get their 90%. It's like, hey, Ohio, the total's 50. Ohio State scored 45 and you still hit the under because Iowa scored three. I, I would not bet. This total scares me. You're saying you wouldn't bet. Um, I'm not asking you if this is your Ohio State bet. You're saying you would not bet the under here, would you? Feel confident enough to sprinkle a little something on the over? Is it too
1: weird? No, I, I it's a complete stay away for me. Um, so I, I looked it up. I, I've got Iowa 75th in offense, and as you're describing it, it sounds like one of our best bets. Where it's like UMass versus somebody, you know, like the Toledo game. It's like, well, Toledo's probably going to get most of this by themselves. Can UMass contribute anything? And it's it's kind of the same story here. Like Ohio yeah. State's gonna gonna score. Can Iowa contribute anything to this total? And I, I don't have enough faith in that um, to to make a play on the on the total here, not the full I, game total. I honest, anyway, I honestly think that Iowa
0: has probably has a better chance of scoring on defense than it does on offense. I think that that might be just like a very true fact that, like, you know, not that they're going to stop Ohio State, but you know, somebody jumps a route or they disguise a coverage or there's a tipped ball or Jack Campbell blows somebody up and there's a fumble. You know what I mean? Like that almost makes more sense to me than like, what Brian Ferentz like diagram to play that successfully got a ball in the end zone. What does that look like? Yeah. So, all right. So the, so the totals a little goofy. We always do like to come in with this early part of the podcast and pick an Ohio state bet. We've been burning it up with first quarter totals. Um, are you going on an early game thing here? Or is there something else? What's your Ohio state best bet this week?
1: Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna keep it rolling with the first quarter overs. Um, like I said, I wouldn't touch the the full game total, but first quarter, I mean, the metrics just just line up, and oddsmakers just have not caught up to this Ohio State offense. Um, I was looking at it early in the week, and to be honest, I was gonna give this out at ten and a half, and then I looked again earlier, and uh, Fanduel had it at ten. So you know that that's a common book that most people have access to. So you know I'm gonna give this out Ohio. Um, Ohio State-Iowa over 10 points in the first quarter. I personally would still take it at 10 and a half. I projected at 14 and a half. So, you know, I, I, I think there's going to be two touchdowns scored here. Um, the weird thing is, I mean, we know Ohio State's number one in first quarter scoring as we've outlined in the last few weeks. But the shocking thing here is even though Iowa's 75th in, you know, total offense, they're actually top 40 in first quarter scoring. So it's like they've, they've just jumped out They've done all their scoring when they can script their plays and, and come in and do it, and then they suck the rest of the game. So, again, even if they contribute a field goal to this, I I definitely feel good about it, but I think Ohio State gets this themselves.
0: Look at that. The Brian Ferentz early game script getting a little respect from T. Shue, top 40 first quarter scoring. I would I would smother that 10 in love and bets. My gosh, that you don't think Ohio State, because it's one of those like All right, you get a touchdown, then maybe you get like a goofy red zone stop, right? Iowa stiffens, and all of a sudden you don't get the second touchdown. But Iowa's so bad at time of possession. They're in the hundreds in time of possession. They don't hold the ball at all. There are going to be a lot of three and outs in this game for Iowa. So even if Iowa makes Ohio State March, which I think they might do because I think they'll play – Coverage, they'll keep everything in front of them. So I don't know that you're going to get, although again, we said who turns a, a nine yard route to a 50 yard gain better than Jackson Smith and Jigba. So that could still happen. But even if Iowa keeps stuff in front of them and makes Ohio State go on a, a six minute drive, then I will have the ball for 90 seconds. They'll go three and out and the highest state will get it back. Yeah. So I just, I think the, the idea of like Ohio State scoring twice and if you can get it at 10, so the two scores don't have to be touchdowns. That feels like magic money-making time to me, which maybe should scare people away. But I love that 10, right? Like if you want to diagram a thing to me where, you know, Iowa does make a march and, okay, Ohio Iowa gets two first downs. So that like Ohio State's like at the eight-yard line, second and goal at the eight as the first quarter ends on their second drive. And it's you know what I mean? Like I, I can see a vision of that. So the 14, to get the two touchdowns, just because Iowa, again, just might make a march, um, would be a little more challenging, I think. But the 10, ooh, I hope it stays at 10. Again, the bookmakers don't listen to this podcast, right? They're not going to move it, apparently it out. Apparently not. Yeah. Oh, so so just tell me again, you're rich off the first quarter stuff now. We talked about it last week. You're diving in more. How are these first quarter numbers? You've been nailing it with
1: Ohio State. How are these first quarter totals working out as you get more involved with them? Yeah, the, the totals were excellent. The sides the sides started off pretty well last week and then, you know, it was just kind of average uh, when all was said and done, but but the totals on total first quarter totals that I had four points or more of value on went 7 and 3 last week. Okay. So are you yourself
0: getting more invested in some first quarter total? bets. Are you doing that more often
1: yourself? Yes. And, and we'll get into that on, on my conference picks here this week too. I've got, I've actually got a first quarter best bet this week and I've got a couple, um, conference first quarter picks this week. Ooh, I love it. Okay. We're finding market inefficiencies and we are exploiting,
0: yep. but for no surprise. I mean, I think people could even like, ah, I didn't, we hope you listen, but it's like, ah, oh, I missed the show this week. I just bet the first quarter total over <laughs> for Ohio state. Anyway. It's like, if when in doubt, you know, I don't know if you have something like, you know, your kid has a dance recital or a soccer game or something. It's like, you got to put your family ahead of the podcast, blah, blah, blah. I get it. If you have to do that, guess, maybe guess that it's a first quarter over on the total. Right. You might be right. And then, you know, if you l- listen back and it's like, oh, my gosh, it was a first quarter under this week. Well, then you missed it. Then you put your kids ahead of the podcast. That's your decision. But um, it, it again, we've talked about it before. It's just something where there's kind of a basic nature to this. Because again, most of the time when you're coming in here, it's like, it's, it's, especially with the first quarter total, it's going to be on a number, right? You're talking like 10, 10 and a half. You're usually talking around 14. They're not making it like 12, right? They're not making it eight. So they're just kind of figuring out where they are. And then they're just kind of throwing it out there. And you're finding inefficiencies there. And we're waiting, we're waiting for the day when an Ohio State first quarter total comes in at 17 right? We're waiting for that, but yeah. we're not close to it yet.
1: Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, looking, looking at the schedule, I mean, maybe if, if Talia Tungvaloa is healthy in the Maryland game, like maybe we see a fourteen and a half there, but probably not until Michigan uh, I would think because they're, you know, their efficiency metrics look, look really good. So I, I'm projecting a total of game total there of like 61 probably. So, so you, you probably get a 14 and a half first quarter line there in the Michigan game. Okay.
0: All right. So that's your Ohio State pick. We're still rolling with those. We're feeling good about those. We hope if you guys are, you know, dancing a little bit on our dance floor, we hope you're making some money on those first quarter totals. When we come back, we will get into our five picks for the power power five conferences. And I have a theory. I like to have like weekly theories sometimes. My My theory this week is nerves. And we'll see how that plays out on Betting the Buckeyes on Buckeye Talk. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're hear in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so
1: many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. deal. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
0: All right, Doug LaMaurice back with Tyler Shoemaker. One of the things, Shoe, we always love the tidbits at the end. Um, one of the tidbits that I would like to have you maybe help me with is how to avoid one in four weeks, because if I could just eliminate my one in four weeks, then I'd be like 500. But I had two one and four weeks that kind of screwed me up. And otherwise, I've been three and two or two or three. What is the secret to avoiding disastrous weeks, right? I mean, that's just like, you know, and then then I can just tread water. But like, those are anchors around my neck right now. They're killing me. I'm fifth. I was three and two last week on these power five picks, but I'm still 15 and 20 for the season.
1: Yeah. Well, if you figure it out, let me know, because going into week six, I was well ahead on the season. And then. I went 0-4-1 and then 2-3 and last week. So I have been struggling with these the last couple of weeks as well. So we are in the same boat. So mine on the season now are 14, 19, and 2 of my conference picks. But best bets are still, still ahead at 11 and 10. Okay. Okay, so we'll get to the best bets later. We love the best bets.
0: On these, uh, we do one from each conference. And I will tell you that four of my five, and I haven't really done this before, four of my five are totals. Instead oh. of sides this week, because we are officially at the point in the season tissue. And just, I, I want to talk this out about totals, because I don't really understand how any of this works. I'm getting to the point where we have enough information for me to be officially confused about some teams that I think a, is a team about to show us that what they've done so far is a fraud? Is a team about to show us that no, they're for real and the market is off on them? And I don't know which way that's going with several games that I was thinking about. It's like, wait, do I believe in that team now? Or do I officially not believe in that team? And I didn't know, but I like some totals and I have three unders this week where it's a big important game involving some teams who are overachieving so far. And I think they're going to get nervous and go under. So that is my nervous under theory. Good teams who are overachieving, who I think might wind up Maybe they could still win, but the game's going to be lower scoring because they're nineteen-year-old guys who are like, "Oh my God, we're six and zero. Remember, we're playing a good team. What are we supposed to do?" Is the nervous under theory
1: an actual theory? It is now, and, and we'll <laughs> see. But I, I, I'm with boom shaka laka. It, it does make it does make sense. I'm I'm with you. Okay,
0: so let's start with one of my one of my nervous unders, and it's Clemson Syracuse. I have this total at forty nine and a half. They're both undefeated. I think Clemson is for real, but Clemson is like creeping toward real kind of slowly that last week, like the whole world's exploding offensively. You know, USC exploded, right? And, and Tennessee and Alabama exploded. And um, Michigan exploded. There were offensive explosions. Like Clemson was fine. Clemson won, but they're not exploding offensively. And Syracuse somehow is undefeated. And this is now like, I don't know, It's the biggest game for Syracuse in I don't know how long. I mean, like, I don't know. Since Donovan McNabb was there, I have no idea. I'm not trying to underestimate Syracuse football. But 49-and-a-half, I think Clemson still is a defense-first team. They they need – you know, they don't have any room for error really. So they're playing a team that's good enough that I can see even good Clemson being a little bit nervous. And then I can see – I think Syracuse is going to be, like, super nervous. And so it doesn't make me think, though, that I couldn't figure out the betting line, what I like more. But 49 and a half, this just feels to me more like 28 to 20 or 24 to 21 that the offenses will just have some trouble. So that's my my first nervous under. I'm going under 49 and a half on Clemson Syracuse.
1: I like the thought process there. My number is higher. My number's on the over, but the market would agree with you because 69% of the money right now is on the under. Cause this was actually okay. what, like when early in the week, when I saw the lines come out, I was like, Ooh, get a Clemson over here. You know, because I, again, I don't think the totals have really caught up to their offense being better this year than it was last year just yet. So I was, I was looking to bet and over here, but I, as the market started to, to settle, I was like, uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go against that. It seems like, seems like the under might be the play there. So, so I like that. Because the Mike. thing I like
0: about the nervous under is that both teams could be nervous, but if one team is super nervous and absolutely chokes and loses 31 to 3, now you're way under. Right? You know That's what, the I thing would... of like if I doubt both teams, if I have a sort of doubts about both teams, it opens the door for me of one team completely laying an egg.
1: Definitely. And you know what I would like here is maybe a first half under. I don't know what the, I'm not sure what the line is, but Clemson this season, and I don't have the the numbers ready to back this up, but Clemson this season has been getting off to some slow starts.
0: Yes. So maybe yes. like a
1: first quarter or, or first half under, I think might might be a good play there because they they've seemed to really put it together after halftime in, in most of Absolutely. these games. But early early in games they've they've seemed to start uh, start off a little slow. I could,
0: I could actually I could totally see this being like. 10-7 at the half and me feeling great about it and then Clemson scoring like three touchdowns in the fourth quarter ruining it for me. So I that actually I like that theory of
1: that that early game under even more. All right, what's your ACC pick? My ACC pick is Duke plus 3 in the first quarter against Miami. So I I thought about taking Duke full game here I don't really like what the market's telling me on this game f- from the full game perspective uh, because like 75% of the bets are on Duke, and that line went from 8 to 9.5, so I, I don't like that. But first quarter numbers, I like Duke to, to win the first quarter. I, predict, I project Duke minus 5.5 in the, in the first quarter. Miami is 78th in the country in first quarter scoring, and Duke is 16th, and Miami's defense is 110th in the first quarter and Dukes is 69. So Duke's been better on both sides of the ball and that's opponent adjusted um, for the first quarters this season. So, so I like Duke to, to jump out early and then, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. My number likes Duke in the game, but again, the market's telling me that, that Miami might be the side there uh, for the full game. I love it. Where, who else has given you this kind of
0: first quarter info, this kind of first quarter deep dive. I love it. I love everything about that first quarter pick Uh, blue devils in that one. Let's go to my second nervous under, and this number is much higher again. Clemson here because it's 49 and a half. This one's 71 and a half. It's Oregon UCLA. Gigantic game. UCLA is undefeated. It's Chip Kelly going back to Oregon. Oregon has the opening game lost to Georgia, but that's it. They are both still in the playoff picture. This act these these this is kind of for a playoff for a spot in the, in the Pac-12 championship game, potentially, that the Pac-12 this year has moved to the top two teams. There's no divisions. 71 and a half feels huge to me. This is Dorian Thompson-Robinson, the UCLA quarterback who's been great. He's got to be great. This is the Bo Nix experience, a quarterback for Oregon. He can throw pick sixes. He can throw touchdown passes. I think to get to 71 and a half, they both have to be good. I'm not sure they're both going to be good because it's going to be nervous time. So I, like, this is one of those like 49-3, to three, what I think was the Georgia-Oregon score. I think Oregon will score more than three, but I think it's possible one of these two teams lays an absolute egg, and you're way under. I just don't know which one. Or I could just see it being like a competitive game that's more like, you know, thirty one twenty four and you're still comfortably under. So I just feel like they both have to play pretty well to get to seventy one and a half. So I like I like this
1: might be my favorite pick of the week under the seventy one and a half in Oregon UCLA. You're so much braver than I am because I this is one that according to my sheet, I should be betting. Uh, Just based on all the things I look at, I should be betting this, but I am scared off by how many points these teams have been putting up, particularly the last few games. But even when I do the math there, I was like, okay, well, let me look at what they've done lately. Even doing the math on their last three games, opponent adjusted and everything... That still only gets me to seventy and a half, so you're still under that that seventy one yeah. and a half. So I, I I do love this pick, and I, I wish I wish I had the guts to bet it. Maybe the line will get driven up, and I'll if it if this hits seventy three, I'll have no choice. Just it would be irresponsible for me not to bet under seventy three. So I will say Ryan Day talked about the scars
0: of the 2017 Iowa loss this week, and here on betting the Buckeyes, we need to deal with the scars. Of the Utah USC over from a week ago because we loved it was your one of your picks I backed it hundred percent it made total sense to us and then Utah and USC came out and just traded touchdowns the entire the entire second half and it was like where has this USC offense been this is the offense that scored seventeen against Oregon State where is this coming from and I so I think I think you might just be a little gun shy on all. Pack twelve unders at the moment because last week made total sense and it exploded on us.
1: Yeah, I I thought I had a really good handicap on that game, you know, looking at how they had played in in their other big games and and those were low scoring and you know the number I, I thought we had a great handicap there and then the game script just went completely off the rails from from what I what I projected. So sorry to the guy that tweeted us and said that his first dabble into betting the Buckeyes was the USC Utah under. I'm sorry that didn't cash for you. Hopefully you'll you'll stick with us. Uh, but my Pac-12 pick of the week is the same game, and I'm going to take UCLA plus the six and a half. Okay. Now full transparency, I wish I was getting seven here, and I think this will be a great opportunity for a live bet to get UCLA plus seven because when you have a total this high, there's going to be a lot of swings. So you know, Oregon goes up seven nothing or something like that. You're I would bet any amount of money you're gonna be able to get UCLA plus seven at some point in this game. So I'm giving it out a six and a half because that's what the pregame line is and that's that's fair, but with the caveat that you should probably wait live and you can grab a plus seven or better, I would think. Um I actually project this as a UCLA minus three and a half. Uh they've they've been better mm-hmm. in all their opponent uh, adjusted metrics. They're the biggest the biggest discrepancy here, both both offenses are elite according to the numbers, but the UCLA defense is ranked 44th in the country and the Oregon defense is ranked 73rd. And to me, okay. that's that's enough for me to make a play here. Um, and again, I, I, I think UCLA can and, and might win the game outright. Okay. Like that pick. I
0: have one more under. It's my big 10 bet. This is not really nerves as much as this is like I don't know. It's the big 10. What are you going to do? This is a Tanner Morgan, Sean Clifford under the Penn state Minnesota line. It's only forty four and a half, and I'm still going to go under because I'm just envisioning like 20 to 13 kind of stuff. I think we saw last week that Penn state's offense is just generally not up to the level of like a playoff contender um, the way Michigan's is. And so this is like a low number, like, to glance at to me 44 and a half feels low i don't know what your what your numbers tell you tshu but this is just sort of a lack of confidence in the offenses and and i like you know mo ibrahim and but again i think i think that this could be like minnesota wins 31 to 10 and penn state just isn't who i thought they were so i think there's there's multiple ways that you that you can go the under on this i think one of the teams might be a little bit of a fraud i don't know which one or you could just play a slugfest and it's it's first team to 20. So 44.5 is low, but I'll
1: take that under. I like that for a variety of reasons. My number on this game is 46. But again, now that we're kind of at this point in the season where the early season non-conference stuff matters less and less, so the, I still obviously factored that into to my projection. So that's factored into the 46. But I also, you know, off to the side... And I'm running my formula with only the last three games, which generally is going to be conference games at this point. And when I run that formula, I come up with 38 for this total. And I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think these teams are going to be in a slugfest. The other thing here that I haven't heard an update on, I know Tanner Morgan has, uh, I I think he's in concussion protocol or something like that. So you don't know if he's going to play or not. So that obviously lends itself more to an under than anything. So, you know, and even if he does play, I, I still like it, but that that is something um, something to keep an eye on. All right, what's your Big Ten pick? My Big Ten pick is the same game. I'm going to take Minnesota plus the five. Okay. Um, I, I projected Penn State minus two and a half, so there's not a ton of value here, but when you think about key numbers, we're getting through three and four, which are both key numbers. So getting through two key numbers here, With Minnesota plus the five, uh, I've seen some four and a halfs out there too. Still like it at four and a half. Um, Penn State got really beat up last week, just mauled at the line of scrimmage. And as I've mentioned before, I like to bet against teams the week after they play a game like that. You know, against an Ohio State or Michigan or someone like that that really just wears you down physically and emotionally. And Penn State showed that they can't stop the run, and Mo Ibrahim is. I mean, in the same tier of back as Blake Corum, in my opinion. So yep. from a metric standpoint, these teams basically are even. I just like the spot here for Minnesota much, much better. I Like both these games, both
0: Oregon, UCLA and Minnesota, Penn State. I like stared at it and tried to figure out what I thought of the teams. And then I just said under. That was like, I, cause I couldn't figure it out. But I like where you're coming at from Minnesota. So I do like that side. I have one more total. And this is my non-nervous, which is why I'm going over. And I'm taking Bama, Mississippi State over 60 and a half. I do think there are legitimate questions with the Alabama defense. This is Mike Leach and Will Rogers with the the fun and gun run and whatever you do with Mike Leach. There's a pirate parrot involved in there. The parrot and scare it. I don't know. You're just whatever things that rhyme that imply high-scoring offenses. Will Rogers' quarterback rating is through the roof. I don't know that Bama can stop anybody, but Bryce Young is – the real-life version of, of a of a rabbit pulled out of a hat I don't know how that guy does what he does last week they basically got to a hundred against Tennessee so 60 and a half I don't know I mean I I I think this game might be in the 40s both ways because I I just I'm not as good as Will Anderson and Dallas Turner and some of their guys getting after the passer are like they are not stopping people on the back end at Alabama right now. I've been seeing some Alabama writers talking about like this is the second year of like kind of an undisciplined Saban team, so I think they're mad. I think you know I'm not certainly not going to bet against a Saban team the week after a loss, like they're ticked off. And I think they'll take it out on Mississippi State, but I don't think they'll stop Mississippi State. So the 60 and a half
1: doesn't feel like a reach to me here at all. I'll take that over. Yeah, definitely. I, I project this right in line with, with the number. But again, looking at, at each team's last three games, I project it at 63. So I'd project that over as well. Uh, I'm with you. I, I think Bama's going to score in the 40s here. So Can Mississippi State score three touchdowns? I I think they can against that pass defense. So um, I like that pick a lot. My SEC pick is a first quarter under. In my neck of the woods, I'm going to take South Carolina, Texas A&M under nine and a half in the first quarter. Wish I was getting 10 here, but I projected at five and a half. Both of these teams are in the bottom 11 in the country in first quarter scoring and Texas A&M's defense is fourth in the country in first quarter defense. Uh, in terms of pace, Texas A&M is 128th, and South Carolina is 88th in terms of plays per game. So these teams play really slow, and they play, you know, bad offense. So A&M hasn't given up a first quarter point in the last three games. So I I'm gonna roll with with an under nine and a half here in the first quarter. Love it. Love, love the first
0: quarter reasoning, love all the stuff. It's almost like Jimbo, I think is almost scared of his own offense. So he's like, Hey, work the clock, you know, let's see if we can get like a 14 play drive and not screw anything up. You know, I, he, they have switched quarterbacks this year, twice. I think now, I just don't think he believes really in anything they're doing. Um, and so I think uh, a lot of that makes sense. All right. My last one for my big 12 pick is, is the only thing that's not a total and I'm just going to, Take what I think might be the better team getting points, and it's Kansas State plus three and a half at TCU. TCU is undefeated. Kansas State has a goofball loss to Tulane. Shahan, my partner on the College Football Survivor Show, loves K-State, loved him in the preseason. As you try to pick through what is a very solid top half of the Big 12 and figure out who's the best team, TCU is the undefeated team, and you have to credit them for what they've done. But I think it might be closer, that Kansas State might be closer to the best team. I think maybe maybe healthy Texas is the best team, but Kansas State's right there. Shahan loves what Adrian Martinez is doing offensively there. So I know it's at TCU. TCU just came off a barn burner with Oklahoma State last week. Kansas State doesn't really have any margin for error here. Like they they have their goofy loss already. They've got to win, and I don't care that it's on the road. I just I just think they might be the better overall team, and they're getting three and a half, so I'll take Kansas State.
1: I don't know what our record is this year when we agree on a conference pick, but. I also am going to take Kansas State plus, plus the points here. Um, I, I project this game basically as a toss-up. And to your point, TCU's played several big games in a row here. They played Oklahoma, Kansas, and Oklahoma State back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. Um, these teams are only 11 spots apart in my offensive ratings, but Kansas State's defense is in the top 25, and TCU's is around 50th. And you know, while TCU played three hard games back to back to back, Kansas State's coming off a bye. So I just I just yep. think from from a situational spot standpoint, I think Kansas State's the the play here. I'm actually going to bet this game as well. Yeah, this one kind of jumped out to me. Like again, I was
0: staring at a lot of games and I couldn't figure out what I thought. And I stared at this and I thought is TCU really going to go 12-0 this way? Right? It's just a little bit of like it's not that TCU is a bad team. It's like they've been, you just don't win all your close games at some point, but I also think they might be worn down. And I think the bye week for K state puts them over the top. So this was, this really jumped out to me as my favorite um, bet against the spread this week. And if we agree, let's ride people. Let's ride with betting the Buckeyes. Listen, man, nobody wins everything, but don't give up on us. Let's ride with Kansas state, some nervous stuff, some, some first quarter stuff. Good luck to everybody out there. But when we come back, it's what we like to call money making time. It's T-Shoe in the Weeds with best bets and upset specials. Next, I'm betting the Buckeyes. All right, T-Shoe, we're back. We do it every week. You give us three best bets and your upset special of the week where you're picking an underdog you think has a chance to win outright. Where do you want to go? Where do you want to start first?
1: So, my upset pick of the week this week is going to be Liberty plus 230 on the money line against BYU. Uh, (gasps) Oh, how dare you? BYU is my preseason team. They've already let me down a little
0: bit. I don't know what happened. I know. And that that factors,
1: but that factors into my handicap here because BYU came into this season with, you know, national respected shows like the college football survivor show, picking them as, as maybe a playoff dark horse. And they've already lost three games. And in the games they've won, like they beat Wyoming by like 14 and they gave up 24 points to that abysmal offense they beat utah state by a couple touchdowns and gave up a a few touchdowns in that game like they they've just been completely unimpressive and this is kind of the time of the year where you look at a team like that and think like especially given that they're independent it's not like they're still in a conference title race i this is the the point in the season where teams like that could i'm not saying they have but could start to mentally slip and and check out a little bit because what what are they playing for uh at this point other than i guess bowl eligibility but um these offenses are are right next to each other in the mid 50s very similar uh the byu defense is 85th uh in opponent adjusted metrics liberties is 61st so quite a bit better there so these teams are, are fairly similar. Liberty's actually a, a bit better. It's going to be a close game. And Liberty's 28th in the country in fourth, fourth quarter scoring. BYU's 91st. So if we're going to be in a one-possession game, I want to I back a team that I can trust is going to be able to score in the fourth quarter. And BYU has not shown the ability to do that. So I'm, I'm going to go with Liberty here. I've already bet this at plus 7, and I also like it on the money line, plus 230. And
0: by the way, Hugh Freeze, the Liberty coach, is trying to get an SEC job again. Like he's on everybody's short list because he had an SEC job and then he dorked around and lost it. But um, he wants a win like this to get a university president who may be dragging his or her feet about a Hugh Freeze hire because of what happened in his past. And now you add one more notch of like, I'm telling you, man, this guy, he's, he's a great offensive mind. They'll figure it out. You know, it'll all be good. Like Hugh Freeze. For Hugh, for Hugh and also the fine young gentleman at Liberty University. But Hugh wants to win for Hugh, baby. This is about Hugh cashing some checks down the line with a jump up. So I think there's some, there's some potential lack of motive. Like you said, BYU is playing for a bowl game that like Jaron Hall's going to sit out to get ready for the NFL, right? I mean, it's like one of the like, yep. you know, like I think he's a really good quarterback. And it's like it just has kind of not happened. And they had four big games this year. They're all done with them. And they went one and three in the four big games. They lost to Oregon, Arkansas, Notre Dame. They beat Baylor. And it's like, okay, well, you, you took your shot. I thought they might go three and one. They went one and three. So now maybe you'll lose to Liberty. Okay, I like the, I like the strategy. I like you know Tishu. I like you. I mean, I like your numbers, but I like when you deal with human emotions. And basically, you're saying that BYU has given up, and I'm saying that Hugh Freeze is selfishly trying to get a big win, and <laughs> that's the kind of thing that combines for a money line underdog bet. So,
1: and, and that's, one one that's, other point to to make here. Your- as I mentioned before, my home field advantage ratings, courtesy of the Action Network, they they dug in on historical performance at home, not just like, do you have a loud stadium? And Liberty actually has the highest home field advantage rating per those metrics. They actually get four points to the spread for playing at home, uh, just based on their performance historically. So that's a nugget I wanted, I wanted to throw out there. That that was definitely factored into, into my number.
0: All right. So that's plus 230 on the money line. So if you bet... Uh ten bucks, you'd win twenty-three bucks and cash that ticket for thirty-three dollars and wave it around in the air and say, Thanks, betting the buckeyes. So good luck with that. All right, what's best
1: bet number one, T Shoe? Best bet number one is a game we've already talked about, but a different angle. I'm gonna take South Carolina plus three or better. Uh I haven't actually placed my bet on this yet because I'm it's been it's been sitting at three. There's really been been no movement here in the last 24 hours. I'm hoping to get a three and a half, uh, but I but I do like it at three. So if if it doesn't move, I'll, I'll gladly take it at three. I project this as South Carolina minus two and a half. Again, tech, I don't I don't know that any team right now is benefiting as much as Texas A&M from preseason ratings and recruiting rankings still factoring into the odds makers lines. Um, that plus, eight, you know, A and M just played the close game with. Alabama, who played without Bryce Young and we see the difference in what they look like with Bryce Young versus without him. So I, I think they're getting credit for preseason and that game in particular. So I've got South Carolina 56 spots higher on offense. South Carolina is in the top 50. Texas a and outside the top 100. The Texas A&M defense is in the top 10, but South Carolina is in the top 40. So it's not like South Carolina's terrible on that side of the ball. And again, like I mentioned earlier, this is going to be a close game. It's only a field goal spread who can deliver in the fourth quarter and Texas A&M only averages 3.4 points per game in the fourth quarter. Uh, So, you know, I'll I'll take South Carolina plus, plus the points here. It's one of those things makes me feel bad. Like if a
0: Texas A&M booster would be listening to this, be like, what we're paying Jimbo. $50 50 million dollars a year to average 3.4 points per game in the fourth quarter. Like what are we doing? Cuz sometimes like you know something and then you hear a number about something and you think, "What? They've scored what in the fourth quarter in winning time?" It's like they're not on the field that's bad. Sorry Jimbo. If T I mean, uh, you know, shoe t- takes somebody down with math. Can't blame the math, brother. All right. I'm I'm super excited cuz I'm waiting to see <laughs> I'm waiting to see not not this week if our old, (gasps) well, then let's talk about our old friend. If we're not going to talk about the rice owls as a bet, let's talk about the fact that, and I talked about this on the other show. So I want to make it, I went to visit my daughter, no legal betting in Ohio yet, but I went to visit my daughter in Illinois and um, they do have legal betting. So I dialed up the old, uh, you know, the old app and uh, put in the old credit card number and said, I can't just talk it. I got to walk it. So with the big high roller that I am, Dropped that $5 bet on the Rice Owls plus three and a half last week. Minus 105. And then I don't know if it was on a TV. I, when was it? Where was I? Oh, because Ohio State then was off last week. So I was at a high school band competition watching live play-by-play on my phone until my daughter's band came on the field. And it was like Rice was down three and I think in the fourth quarter drove twice and threw two picks.
1: Two picks in and the end I was, zone.
0: I was I was <laughs> gonna throw my phone off the bleachers, but then they lost by three and I won. So yeah. my plus three and a half hit. So I won a crispy four dollars and seventy six cents. Thanks to Chi to Shu. Did you bet Rice plus three and a half? But you also did you also bet Rice on the money line as an underdog in that game?
1: I no, I, I just had just had the points in that game, but yeah, they they covered and they they should have won. I mean, they were the better. T- they were up fourteen nothing. They were the better team throughout the game. Had two scoring opportunities at the end and threw picks in the end zone. So yeah, that was that was money all the way. I, I still I, don't, I have no idea what they looked like, but it was just like it was like it was
0: like playing Oregon Trail back <laughs> on the Apple IIe back in nineteen eighty four, where you're typing stuff in and it's like your whole family got dysentery and you're dead. It was like, well, you you didn't show me. You just told me. It's like, I don't know what happened, but uh, somebody in that stadium typed on a computer, Florida Atlantic intercepts Rice in the end zone. And I was like, no, in the middle of a band, it's like they're they're marching, they're playing their songs. I wouldn't do it when my daughter was marching, but if it's some other band, it's like, good luck to them. But I have a bet. I'm betting $5 on this game. (laughs) I can't watch this band. So I was so excited. It was the greatest $4.76 I ever made. Not not because of the money tissue, because of the brotherhood of the Absolutely. show, And that I finally was able to put my money where my mouth is. Where Actually, it was your, where, where your mouth is. Because I was sure as heck wasn't going to bet on my own stuff. I, I was smarter than that. I was like, if I'm in a state where I can bet, I have to bet on rice. So I was so excited to do it and so excited. I haven't cashed it yet because I think I have to be within Illinois state boundaries to cash it. So I'll get around to it eventually. But when I do, man, I'm buying a hot dog on
1: t Shoe. Thanks, brother. All right, but
0: no rice this week. No rice this week. No rice. Think about rice.
1: I I think I I tweeted this earlier this week because I I was looking at the game. I actually do like the number on their game, but ninety percent of the bets were on them, which which kind of scared me off a little bit. And I tweeted like ninety percent of the bets are on rice, which means ninety percent of betters listen to betting the Buckeyes.
0: (laughs) It is quite a dangerous game for you, where you're like, I come up with a system. Now I go out in public and I tell people what to do, and then too many people bet it, and then I'm like, oh, should I trust my – you're too persuasive, t You are changing <laughs> the world around you with your pick. So good luck to the Rice Owls. Maybe we'll
1: get back to them next week. What's your actual second best bet? Second best bet is SMU plus 3.5 against Cincinnati. I project this – again, Cincinnati coming off a, a playoff berth, got a lot of love in the preseason with their with their rating – I project SMU minus nine and a half based on what's happened on the field this year. Wow. Okay. And I've got SMU's offense in the top 25. Cincinnati's number 71. Defenses are pretty similarly ranked at 55 and 71. So similar defense, drastically different on offense. And again, like we talked about, you got to read the market and 75% of the bets are on Cincinnati, but 75% of the money is on SMU. Uh, okay. And again, we're, we're talking about a one possession game. Cincinnati's 93rd and fourth quarter scoring and SMU's in the top 60. So.
0: Okay. And
1: what's the number again?
0: SMU plus three and a half. Okay. Plus three and a half. So that's a nice little three and a half to get three and a half. I like, I like those magic numbers. Like they get that three and a half and you lose by
1: three. Is there anything better oh, yeah. than winning a bet by half a point? Oh, Winning it by, I would argue winning it by 50, but yes.
0: (laughs) But then I wonder if even I would have been, I would have been like stretched out in the icy cold bleachers at the high school (laughs) band competition. Just like, ah, this one's in the bag. Instead I was all hunched over with my hot chocolate. Like let's go rice.
1: Okay. Bet three, what you got? Bet three, another first quarter under. I'm going to go Marshall James Madison under 12 and a half in the first quarter. Uh, I projected that th- these stats are are amazing. I project this at 5.8. So probably looking at like a six, nothing first quarter here. Both of these offenses are outside the top 100 in opponent adjusted first quarter scoring. James Madison's uh, number one in first quarter defense. They have not allowed a single point in the first quarter this year. The James Madison defense hasn't. Wow. So, and, okay. and la- last week I bet, Louisiana, I tweeted that out. So if you follow me on on Twitter, you are a part of that. So I watched some of the the Louisiana Marshall game last week. Marshall's offense, I mean, it's it's Brian Ferentz level incompetent, <laughs> which pains me because as I've said, you know, my dad's a season ticket holder, my brother's a season ticket holder. We we love the herd, but man, their offense is bad. Okay. So there's like multiple.
0: There's like three different things leading you here to this first quarter under. Yep. Okay. All right, we love the first quarter bets. Those are your three best bets. We got your upset special. How about a tidbit? How about a little piece of advice to make us all a little bit smarter, tissue?
1: Yeah, so I, I put out the call again. You know, I, I'm trying to make this as collaborative as as possible because you know I don't know what people don't know, so I want them to tell me what they don't know. And uh, someone asked me on Twitter about live betting strategy, and I, I thought that was a good topic to bring up. So there's really two ways to look at live betting. You can either see how the game starts and then bet accordingly. Like if, say, the, the, the pregame total is 55 on a game and it, after 10 minutes is nothing, nothing. You can be like, oh, well, this game's going to go under. I'm, I'm just going to bet the live under. They're, these teams can't score on each other. You can do that. Or what I personally do is keep the pregame number in mind as well as my projection. And if the pregame total is 55 and I was projecting an over, it's nothing, nothing after 10 minutes. Now that live total is probably like 51. I'm going to hit the over 51 and, and kind of go the opposite way with it. And that that's how I look at it. Um, as a matter of fact, our friend Ari was, was the beneficiary of such advice yesterday on the App State game because I told him before, I was like, I'm projecting Georgia State to cover the first quarter. So if you like App State, wait, bet them live. App State was a 10-point pregame favorite. He waited like I told him bet them at minus three and they end up winning by like 25. So that that's, that's the way I approach it. So it's one of those interesting things where if you have, again,
0: like with a system like yours, you have a good handle on how games are going to go. And then when a game starts and, and something happens that is maybe contrary to what your numbers were saying it's not that you give up on what you thought before the game; it's that you try to take advantage of that. Exactly, right? there's a reaction because understanding that all games are give and take. And again, I think there's a lot of there's an instinct in life of maybe as a better you think, well, if something happened, then the same thing's going to happen again. When actually, what happens is something happened, so now the opposite's going to happen. So right. that if if a team scores early, we talked about that before. It says team scores earlier, team goes, you know you had a favorite, you, you liked the team and you took a minus seven and now they're down 14, it doesn't mean they're gonna lose 48 to nothing. It means you might now be able to get them an even money right. in the middle of a game. When you before the game were confident they'd win by seven and they they still very much may win by seven. They just had a slow start and the other team had a fast start. I do the general idea is believe in your evaluation, even if the early part of the game is going against your evaluation because it might just be the the back
1: and forth ebb and flow of the game, and take advantage of that. Exactly, exactly, and obviously, like injuries notwithstanding, in that, like if five minutes into the game, you know, a star quarterback gets hurt or something, like th- that changes the equation. Then you you would have to adjust, and I would I would just stay away. But yeah, keeping keeping that, and even if you don't have a number, even if you don't trust my numbers, you can at least look at what the pregame line was, what the oddsmakers said that this game should be. And, and just you leverage the created value there off of their number. But I, I look at the odds maker's numbers. I look at my numbers and, and try to take advantage of the value accordingly. Do you ever hedge? Is there
0: ever a chance to hedge in a game where it's like, okay, I took this team minus 10 and now they're down and it looks to me like this is a disaster. Like maybe there was an injury or it's like, oh my God, they can't stop this team that you would take advantage of, say, if something is happening in the game that it doesn't just feel like ebb and flow, can I somehow get on the other side to protect myself against a bet that I no longer believe in? Or should you just believe in your bet and go down with the ship and sometimes
1: you lose? I generally just go down with the ship. Um, I know people that will try to hedge, but the problem is if you do that, so if I like a team, you know, minus seven or whatever, Pre-game, but then they get down 14 nothing well now the other team is maybe favored or like the you're not going to be able to just bet that team plus seven and get out of your out of your bet you know what i mean so right you're you're losing a ton of value and then you risk having a bad middle where you lose on both sides so yes i i I would say if if you're going to try to do the the two side thing it would be it would be to get a positive middle where like you can get a team minus seven and plus 14 or you know something like that to where yeah. you've got some a big middle ground that you can cash two ways. I, I generally just just let my, my bet ride and trust the numbers. And if it doesn't work out on a given game, it doesn't work out. But I, I trust that in the long run, my my evaluation is going to be uh, accurate. Yeah, it makes sense
0: to me. Rather than chase and try to hedge and try to dig yourself out, live betting is maybe more about, getting a number that you know like you said if there's a game a team that's six and it's their their plus six and a half before the game and you really were hoping to get that seven and then something happens in the game and and you get the seven then you can go right that you're you're almost like let the live betting confirm what you thought but maybe you're getting better numbers now don't try to use the game to chase and and no longer believe in what you thought Cause instead you're going to trap yourself and just make it worse. Cause sometimes yep. you're just wrong. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I would think maybe people would, would look at it the opposite way that your they instinct do. would they be do. like, Oh, I'm getting this wrong. Let me dig myself out of this hole. And you might just dig yourself deeper or you hedge, you go the opposite way. And then the game actually goes how you originally thought it was going to go. And now all of a sudden you're breaking even instead of winning because you tried to chase something that you didn't have to chase. Cause it was just ebb and flow. Okay. I believe in that unless it's rice. If it's rice and you have a chance to live bet, (laughs) quadruple it down. Right. I mean, it's just like, yeah. Um, Okay. So, so no rice this week. If you tuned in to bet on rice, sorry about that. You can't, you got to be beholden to the numbers in the games. Just like tissue says, you can't say I'm going to bet this team over no matter what. You've got to let the numbers tell you something. You can't tell yourself I'm going to bet rice no matter what, no matter how much joy it brought me last week. We can't let that factor in.
1: It's about the math.
0: So maybe rice next week. Can we just guarantee? Let's just do rice next week, no matter what, just to make the, give the no people what, what they want.
1: After I get out, out of my Rice Owls Anonymous meeting. <laughs> <laughs> um, hi, my name's T.
0: Shue, and I'm a Rice Owls better. I love it. Um, okay. Thanks, you guys, for listening to Betting the Buckeyes. I hope you're reading. What T-Shoe, it's like another way to sort of dig in on on this information. It's at cleveland.com slash OSU every Friday. Tyler Shoemaker, spelling it out there as well. We hope you're listening to our regular pregame show where we just talk about the game. Steve and Nathan and I, we had John Steppy, an Iowa writer, on this week. But this is
1: where we like breaking down the game from a gambling standpoint. Tyler, good luck this weekend. Appreciate it. Hopefully hopefully we can bounce back on these conference picks at least. I, I, I feel really good about it. I, I feel like brought some really good um, stats and information this week. So I, I feel strong about the handicap. So hopefully it the ball bounces in our favor this weekend.
0: And we always like to keep the people informed because you're constantly tweeting about it. One more time, the Twitter handle where you're given like early week bets. And then
1: late in the week as, as lines move, you're given more information there too. Yep. At buckeyetie Twenty Three. Uh, follow follow me there for everything that I'm betting. Uh, all the information I come across um, it has been really good interaction. I, I've really enjoyed watching kind of our community grow here. It, it's it's been a really good season. All right,
0: for now for Tyler Shoemaker, I'm Doug Maurice, and that was betting the Buckeyes on Buckeye Talk.